And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yastrzemski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Welcome to the live taping of the local podcast collaborative therapy session. My name is Mike Gaines. I'm here with Mike on Route 1, Shaq, Dan, and Brother John. Dan, what the hell What the hell did we see on Monday night? It was like the bizarro Patriots uh, in every sense of the word. Mac was rattled. Zappy's getting passes batted down. They can't stop anyone on third down. Trent Brown stepping in ably for uh, Isaiah Wynn by committing penalty after penalty. I did not recognize the team, uh, the Patriots team on the field on Monday night. They made Justin Fields look like a competent quarterback when he tried to give them a game a, a couple of different times. What what did we witness on Monday? It was quite the shit sandwich, wasn't it? It really was. Um, no matter what headlines they, they want to feed you, uh, the game was just what you said. It's about the defense not being able to stop them on third down. What was that? Like they were, weren't they like 11, 11 for, 18? for 18? And that's been an issue for a lot of this year. Against <laughs> and, and, and against it was demoralizing. You, you watch you watch them in that they think they have have the right play dialed up, and here he escapes for 12 yards and another first down that that's got to be really demoralizing to a defense yeah there were but, several that were a double digit third downs that they got and credit to fields for finding a way but you know you got to keep the the rush integrity it is as good as judon was on the stat sheet with three and a half sacks is like you got to be more disciplined in your rushes at least at least from more my uninformed point of view sorry to cut you off there no it's all right just all the things you said the the offensive line suddenly unable to protect the turnovers, what they have four altogether for the night. Yeah, it was it was UGLY, all capital letters. Um, Mike, the, the one thing that I actually feel bad about is that Mac looked completely rattled. He was running at the, the first sign of any trouble, seeing the Sam Darnold Memorial ghosts. Um, I really can't take anything positive. I don't want to turn over machine at quarterback, but you know, Zappy, you know, Zappy's getting passes batted down like he's going to the hoop against prime minute bowl. It's, 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 you saw the limitations of Zappy. What, what's next? Uh, yeah. Zappy is a candidate for the, uh, the Francis Pomeroy Naismith award, I think. And maybe, maybe if you play in, in Robert Kraft's uh, small person um, league uh, back at Columbia, but um, no, I, I, I'm good with it. I, I've seen enough. I, heck of a, heck of a backup. Great, great effort. Uh, couldn't ask for anything yeah. more, but I, I've seen enough. Let's, let's go with the varsity from now on. And the fact that these these fucking morons got sucked into Linsanity is the least surprising thing ever, I guess. Um, and you know, it, it's part of the reason I I'm limited. I limit myself to about two regular season games a year and the playoffs at this point because it's miserable. It's the worst place on earth. Um, you know, from 2009 to 2013, it was it was hell, and it was just idiots yelling. Uh, fucking Brady, fucking Brady, take him out, Bill. And, and now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's worse now. Um, you know, they did that with the greatest athlete in, in team sports history. So what, what is it going to be like now? And it's, it's bad. So uh, I'm glad I wasn't there. I would have lost my fucking mind. Um, I, I don't understand the whole booing your own team thing. I, I, I never kind of tracks for me um, unless, you know, it's not like he's Will Cordero. Um, he had the, the temerity to uh, throw three interceptions against the Ravens and, and get hurt. Um, and you know, I think that's part of the reason why we, 
uh, on this podcast, I, I at least for me, I said last week, start Zappy, go Zappy. Uh, certainly, we, we thought they could win that game <laughs> with, with Zappy, and so we were wrong there. I think we mushed them by comparing it to the uh, the Cleveland Browns game uh, in in 2010, and it was really I think the score was almost exactly the same, uh, and and you know the rushing yards yeah. were very similar as well. So I, I'm fine just burying the ball in this one. I, I'm not. I mean, losing losing not having Barmore. And not having um, Duggar uh, for the second half was it just it, they they had no chance there. So I was just I'm 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 I worry about Duggar because he's going to be playing in physical spots. It's not yep. like he's a guy who's playing out on the edge all day. So I wonder if he if he's his body's going to hold up. Phillips uh, got ding too. A damn good player. Yeah, yeah. And Andrews. So, yeah, I I just thought it was a, a terrible miscalculation on Bill's part by announcing really and slipping it to, to Schefter and, and the broadcast team. Yeah, what was that? Um, I, it, it, for, about an hour plan, before the game. Plan to do it. Like, what do you think was going to happen in that situation? And, and Mac Jones is a professional. He can handle the booze. It's not going to fucking impact him. All my stupid friends who think, oh, he's going to fold up now. Well, he's not going to fold up. I just think it's a stupid thing to fucking do to boo a 24-year-old kid who didn't do anything wrong. It's just fucking stupid. It really is. I, so, yeah, I have no problem. I don't know. It, 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 fucking, it, it's, they're the worst people on earth. Fuck them all. Well said. Well said. I can't <laughs> argue with anything you said. Shaq, you know, I don't want to go full WEEI Reamer clickbait trash here, but, you know, the zappy stuff was so over the top on Monday night during the, in the, in Gillette. Is me, are fans really, are we really getting, and I mean we, the, those of us who allegedly root for the Patriots, are we getting the media we deserve on the whole? I feel like it's a preparation H, uh, Dr. Evil joke, but are we getting the media we deserve? Seemingly few and far between of us are rooting for the Patriots, as at least from this vantage point. Rooting it, for the takes. It, rooting for the takes is yeah, in vogue. The, the, it, it, and before the show, you played uh, the the uh, Bedard clip that, you know, with, 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 every, with every pound of flesh that he loses, he gets more and more honorary. Um, it's, it, it's, it's the glee for me, it's it's the glee of all these people who are just so giddy in reporting the demise, quote unquote, of the Patriots. And of, of course, there, there is no demise of the Patriots. They're all they're always going to be relevant, at least with this ownership team and with Bill Belichick at the helm. But the fact of the matter is, it just seems as though the local media, and it started. It didn't even start. It started right after the Green Bay game, and it, it's the Zappy stuff. Wow, Zappy looks so good. Is this? Is this a, a, a battle for Matt? It, it, it not even two quarters, and it started. So I, I started. I started to see, to notice the the fervor started and the temperature going up. And then, I, like like I said the, the week before, I went to the Lions game, and like Mike said, these these motherfuckers. I swear to God, I was sitting next to a, like I was sitting next to this young kid who was just yelling. Uh, you know, fuck Matt, Zappy's the best, and, and all this mess. I, and I, I, I said, you know, I don't believe in child abuse, but I, I would have just smacked that kid <laughs> because it's just unbelievable. The, 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 how, how everyone is just throwing Mac out of the out with the bathwater out of out of just three games, and you know, one of those, yeah, the turnovers suck, obviously, but that's your guy. The last, did last season not happen, and you know. If, the, if this local media didn't push that quarterback controversy or the Zach guy bullshit, I mean, I'm wondering if that crowd would have reacted the same way. But like you said, um, Ironhead, I think that 
it, it takes two to tango. You, if you're if you're going to be pushing out narratives, you gotta have people to believe it. You know, just like in there's real a willing life, audience like in, for sure. In, yeah, like in politics. You know, if you if you're if you're gonna say something, then you gotta have somebody to buy it. And if there's a million idiots that are gonna buy it, then you know you have an army. I'm gonna borrow a tweet that uh, I was involved in the conversation on tangentially. Uh, this is uh, at MTTY Mo on October 25th. To your point, Shaq, he tweeted that the answer to that is an obvious no. Sports radio is designed to keep you angry, keep you listening, and keep them rich, relatively speaking. Controversy is the easiest way to do that. They root for chaos and lie by calling it journalistic neutrality. Neutrality, he tried to say in English. This model breeds our current political media. But yeah. Let's not delve into yeah. the cesspool that is uh, po political media, John. Yeah, keep them, keep them rich, except for Odyssey. But yeah, well, Odyssey and you know, Madam Jones is pulling down a sweet forty-five years, so don't you worry about him. He's doing just fine. John, Monday night, the media fallout, fairly predictable, <clears throat> a lot of hand wringing, performative <laughs> stuff. I wanted to call this. I kind of have at the top of my legal pad for this podcast is like, let's everyone else, let's let the world at large overreact let's underreact here say i wasn't now listen interest of full disclosure i was pissed monday night i did not like what i saw they laid down now that, that's a little strong but um the media shitstorm uh the tweet i just read kind of sums up the state of current political media there's there's just zero intellectual honesty in, in when it comes to 90 percent of the media well, I want to go back to the question you asked Shaq, and that is, are we getting the media we deserve? And I think the answer is obviously yes. You know, we are getting the media we deserve, and it sucks. And this podcast exists to try to push back against that. But um, I, I missed last week's tour de force uh, in the Ben Volan takedown. But I want to connect those two things. The fact that there was zero accountability for Ben Volan, not even an apology, his bullshit Still tweet, none. Correct. right? His bullshit tweet. Uh, that was a non-apology, the fact that the Patriots did absolutely nothing to defend their player, to defend Mac Jones from this bullshit. I am, I am so sick to my stomach that the Patriots and Stacey James and that make-believe public affairs organization that they have is absolutely doing nothing to defend their players from the relentless kind of hatred that they get from the media. It is, it is just absolutely ridiculous. And that, that, the, the fact that Ben Volan can get away with that sends a signal to all these other mediates that, you know, nobody will be held accountable. There will be no accountability. Nobody will be held accountable for the bullshit that they're saying, either in the paper or on the radio. And that's why you have kids, you know, Shaq sitting next to you doing this bullshit, you know, fuck Mac, you know, yay zappy shit, because they're listening to these idiots on the radio. They're listening to these make-believe stories that, that, you know, trolls like Ben Volan are, are conjuring up. And like the Patriots aren't doing anything to defend their guys and push back. In fact, the Patriots are in bed with these, these you know, what I would call old-fashioned right, old media outlets. Like they're an insecure, you know, an extremely insecure partner shacking up in the abusive relationship. You know, the Patriots don't need those idiots on the radio. They don't need to go on the radio and talk to these people. What they have you said for so many years, John, about what buy the fucking Herald, the penny saver Herald and turn it into Patriots Pravda? Yeah, I know. It's like this stuff is all out there. And instead they play, I think they're playing an old fashioned game as if, you know, the newspapers and the media 
dictate popularity in the town. You know, the Patriots dictate popularity in the town based on their success. They could get zero radio coverage, zero Mike Felcher and, and, and that gang talking about him, and they would still bang that place out because the, N, the NFL is an absolute juggernaut, and they've been winning year over year, and people want to, you know, go be a part of that. So, you know, between Patriots.com and, you know, the other, the other kind of direct-to-consumer outlets that are available to teams and players these days, they don't need the intermediary of the radio guys to carry their message. I just, and, and this Volden thing, it's just, to me, it's like the last straw. I'm so out on the franchise. Of course, I'm going to cheer for Belichick and cheer for the players, but I'm so done with the, the kind of the, the, the cowardice of the franchise in pushing back against the radio and the, and the newspaper people. I feel like I have to quote a few good men when it comes to, you reference patriots.com. Who's going to do it? You, Lieutenant Perillo, you, Fred Kirsch. <laughs> Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a keyboard and take a stand. Mike, what's, Breer's been eliminated from the building. Breer can't get into Foxborough. They, they send a, a police escort to keep him out of Foxborough. Bedard had his credentials pulled for a short period of time. What is the difference with, with Volan? Volan committed, you know, again, no apology to Mac Jones, kind of a really tepid mea culpa, like he's, Volan's Twitter reaction to his his epic fuck up was basically he threw a pass away in a pickup basketball game and tapped his chest saying my bad. That's not enough. What is what is the line of demarcation be, between getting the Breer treatment where you can't get into uh, is that Bristol County Plymouth County? Maybe you can't get into Fox. You can't get, even get on Route One south of ninety five, and you know Volan still you know allegedly can find the building once in a while. Well. Tapping his very ample chest in his uh, in his Washington Bullets jersey, but yes, thank you for that <laughs> visual. Um, I don't know. I, I think the old man is all that. Maybe all that comedy he's playing with that young girl is has gone to his head, and he he's out. But you know, to, to John's point, they've always craft. Jonathan Craft listens to these shows and 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 thinks it's you know his. All oh, my wife loves Felger and Maz and. So they, they, I don't think they care. I think the old man's tapped out, and uh, so I, I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not surprising. Um, you know, he doesn't want. Maybe maybe they don't want to go to to war with this institution that is 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 the globe, and there's uh, that they, he just doesn't. They don't have. The, they don't care about that kind of thing. Uh, I think they subscribe to a. Um, you know, it's it's the it's the the old the old gray lady of the uh, of Massachusetts. So they don't they don't fight the they don't fight the globe, and, and that's it. They they just they take it because it's an institution. So I, I I I'm I'm not surprised that he is still has a press pass. They don't they don't fight that way. So and it's not a fight they're willing to have, and it never was really. Did, I mean, did Volan get a, a shadow ban at all, or did he appear on any kind of? Uh... Uh, shows during I don't the, think he's no, been he on WEI, but I, I can't I can't Kirk think says that he's 100%. not yeah Kirk says that EEI is not having him back um but whether or not the globe imposed anything well I, I don't know I think we'll have to see this week but I I, I I would have to imagine he's not allowed on those kind of outlets for some period of time I, it would be I mean they didn't do anything else to him so I guess we, we shouldn't be surprised if he isn't but that feels like a, the appropriate level of given this map happened, map having responded to some guy's email and said, we've taken internal steps or whatever. So it feels to me like that might be the play. I don't know. 
Yeah, the Dirty Dozen WEI listeners are being deprived of Volan's insight, quotation figures on WEI. Uh, Dan, the Jets are next for the Patriots in New York. Uh, the Jets are five and two. The two New York teams, God help us, are 11 and three. Uh, Dave Brown's doing victory laps, uh, it, Rhode Island typical style. Uh, you can't, I think it's pretty clear we can't take any opponent for granted, particularly a division game on the road in New York against the Jet team that's been playing pretty good football. Um, do you have any feel for how the Patriots are going to react at this point? Because I don't think I do. I don't think Belichick ever takes the Jets for granted. So Hell no. Go in, go in with that sort of confidence. Um, I wanted to share something. I, I it gave me a little bit of perspective. I watching the game. I, I had a neighbor over. He's a lifelong Bears yep. fan, and it was different than what I was expecting. I mean, he, um, the 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 experience for a Bears fan the last ten or so years. You know, they're they're always expecting to lose to Green Bay. They're you hope you're better than Minnesota. You're glad that you're not Detroit. That's that's the <laughs> Bears reality. I mean, together we went through the lit- litany of bad Bears qu- quarterbacks through the years. Yeah, so like, as, as we were discussing earlier, off the top of your head, quick, who's the best Bears quarterback of your lifetime? And it's it's spoiler, it's not Jim McMahon. Yeah, I was going with like Jim Miller or <laughs> Harbaugh. I don't know. Brian, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> yeah, Brian, Brian Hoyer, there you go. But but he was going into this game expecting the Bears to get smoked. So he was just in his glory that, oh, my God, this is so different from what I expected. So at the tail end of the game, it was when it was clear that the Patriots were done, I turned to him. I said, so this could be a defining moment for your team. And then we thought maybe this could also be the defining moment for the Patriots as well. And, and then I thought about, you know, what is that? What does that expression even mean? Defining moment. I mean, it's a it's kind of a misnomer in that a defining moment is never actually defined within that moment. Like Mike was bringing up the bury the bury the ball in the practice field thing after the, the Patriots lost to the dolphins. Uh, I think it was 30 to 10 back in 2001, 10, 2001. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So they won like four of their next five and then uh, um, uh, 11 of their next 13. And, but then after that, Everybody, you go back and look at it and say, oh, well, you know, what was the defining moment? It was, a, a, you know, it was established after they won the Super Bowl. Well, it was way back then. That's, that's when it all turned around. So had that team continued to shit the bed after the Miami game, nobody would have known about it. It would have been lost to history. It's only, it's only when it, after it happens. So from what we've seen in this season, I just from the individual performances here and there, with team performances the previous two weeks, I think all the pieces are there for a, for a good team, but you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. I agree with you there, Dan, you know, to your point, the 30 to 10 loss in Miami in 2001, uh, Belichick as Mike on route one reference buried the football. And I think kind of the, the gold medal of the falling flat games in the Belichick era for the Patriots, John is 31 to nothing in Buffalo in 2003. Now it's not automatic that teams, you know, this team does not have a, a championship pedigree for the most part. There are some champions on that roster who are on the back end of their career, but I think that maybe this is a bury the ball game. They go back to their strengths like they did in 2018, where Belichick went to McDaniel and said, if you want to throw the ball around the field and, you know, and throw 45 passes a game, you know, try to get 300 yards, you're going to lose. You know, let's, let's, stick to who we are you know let's let's see that the script is still to be written to dan's point 
and I'm being really long-winded on this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the die has not been cast on this team, and it's up to them, you know, what the rest of the season looks like. You're three and four. It's not a lost cause. Yeah, it's not a lost cause. And I always believe in a Bill Belichick-run organization. They're playing a lot of young guys. I mean, I think they have, they've played 10 rookies this year. And it's natural it's going to take them a little bit of time to figure things out. Also, you know, the Jets, they're playing good football. I, I got to tip my hat to them. They've got a, a perfectly good record. But, I mean, Zach Wilson is not exactly, you know, scaring anybody. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. The, the funny thing is the Jets are undefeated on the road, but they're one and two at home. So it's not like they've got this like great home field advantage either. The um, you know the, the the idea that Bill Belichick can design a defense to slow down or stop Zach Wilson, I, I certainly subscribe to that theory. And then the you know their ability you know the Jets defense has been playing very very good and their secondary has been very very good. So I I do suspect it'll be a slog for the Patriots offensively, and it should be a low score and uh, another rock fight sort of game. But yeah, they they if they maybe that's win just this weekend, that's how they have to play, John. It's, it's how they have to play. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like the way Tennessee's been playing. And Lombardi talked about this a little bit on his pod. They, uh, they don't have a, a you know, tremendous amount of talent. I wouldn't say on that roster, but they know exactly what they do well and they just execute. And it's very, uh, because coach Raids has been successful enough. He's not on the uh, Belichick coaching tree, right. the, but, but, but that being said, you know, I can see the Patriots just grinding and, and their young guys will get better and better and more comfortable with the system. And, not a lost cause at all. Not at all. Shaq, uh, how are the, the Jets fans in the, in the boroughs down there feeling going into the, the Sundays? At, yeah, it's Sunday at, at the, uh, the Meadowlands. Uh, they're surprised <laughs> at the Jets being this good. Um, I'll say this. The Giants fans, they're, they're kind of puffing their chest a little bit, saying, well, we kind of expected this. I mean, obviously, Dave Brown included. You know, they, they, they just think, you know, everything's – uh, happy go lucky, sunshiny. I was going to say carbon copy, Dave Brown, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, I think this Jets team, you know, they're 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 obviously going to be hurting without their uh, their impressive rookie Brees Hall, who's uh, out with the um, ACL, and um, it's you know I, I'm not looking ahead at all, but I mean there there's definitely games here to look back to to get yourself back on track but with this Jets team first of all uh, you got to come better than what you did uh on Monday night you got you, you can't you can't have uh Matt Jones be your leading rusher through a quarter you can't you know committing these be committing these penalties you can't have that that Jake Bailey effort which it's been kind of shocking to me Jake Bailey hasn't really been up to snuff this entire season and that's kind of surprising but um yeah I I think that this is that was a wake up game on Monday, and I think that they're going to be. I would hope that they would be a lot more uh, aware of what's what, what what's at stake. And so I think this Jets team is, you know, they're definitely good, and it's going to be a challenge. But uh, I, I think they have a, they have a good shot if all of these things do not happen. And that you know, it's kind of hard to say because they've happened pretty much every game except for maybe maybe the Cleveland game and. I, I can't even say that because I know that, that there was a turnover in that game too. So, you know, there, there, there's still a lot of work to be done. The Jets are playing like they don't want their quarterback to give the game away, which is, you know, Lombardi pointed that out as, as John Vigley referenced to. Mike, what do you expect to happen? I mean, the reports came out from Field Yates today that Mac's going to play on a start on Sunday. Um, 
Mac Jones comeback game, the Jets, you know, I don't know, division road games are tough, but what are you expecting in the Meadowlands on Sunday? Uh, 37 points um, on uh, the best defense in the league. Suck my dick. That's my, that's my <laughs> prediction. I, I, I feel like that's a, a fair analog, which was the um, 2011 game coming off of, um, I think it was back-to-back at Pittsburgh, and then the Giants lost, blowing that thing to the – uh, to Fox them at Burrow. the end, there. Yep. yeah, the, the stiff tight end. Who is it? The stiff white tight end there. What the hell is that? Um, anyway, but um, yeah. So uh, I think, I think that I, I think they're going to come out and play. I think they're going to play their best game of the season. I think they have to. I, they have. If they don't, we got problems. But you know, going back to, to Monday night, it felt like they never were able to be kind of, uh, as the kids say, on schedule with the run game against yes. that defense. And it was just like by the time it was. And, you know, and then Zappy provided the spark and they were throwing it around, but they never really were able to get in a rhythm and establish the running game. Um, I think playing a more balanced game down there this week, and I think hopefully going in with having a, a bit of a leash with Mac this week, I just didn't think he looked comfortable. I know everybody was going crazy because he was running uh, in a straight line pretty well. But um, I, I didn't think he looked comfortable. There was one where he rolled to his his left on it when it was on one of the Browns holds early on, and he just kind of planted and like crumbled and just like went down when he felt rush the rush on his back uh, the pressure coming from his backside when he was out of the pocket to to his left, and I I didn't think he looked comfortable. So hopefully, a definitive week of he's he's starting, he's playing, um, you know he has a bit of a rope here um, can, can benefit them. By the way, that giants tight end, that stiff giants tight end, the immortal Jake Ballard. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was not a good moment in 2011. Uh, Dan, you know how much the media controversy, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, the media stuff with the quarterback controversy, I think, most of us can agree there's probably not a quarterback controversy, despite Mac really not playing well. But I mean, is this really just just click this clickbait emeritus on every level? Yeah, yeah. And they think actually Mike brought this up earlier that uh, uh, Mac's built of tougher stuff than this. You know, they 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 expect that oh well because the fans were were booing and, and, and calling for Zappy early. What's, what's that going to do to These Max? Are professional Psyche? athletes who are having a completely different mindset than these slobs in the press box who sit there and, and gobble, uh, gobble up crafty Bob's food. I'm sorry to cut you off. God, right. that's shit. They, these guys are built differently. Tom Brady's mindset. There's no way any of us or any of them can understand that. I headed out a little bit with uh, uh, Teddy Johnson on Twitter. Just briefly. Hey, my buddy, Ted Johnson. Yeah where he he was making the same sort of point that well mac mac jones is never going to fear this like this is going to be the the uh the prelude to mac wanting to leave new england or i don't know what he was going with and 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 i responded that well sounds more like something you would do you know that sounds like your your kind of (laughs) angle he's like well you don't know me (laughs) it's like well you don't know mac i thought i thought ted did well in the debate last night though (laughs) (laughs) almost a complete (laughs) sentence So you think about, uh, Mike, you think about these guys like Ted Johnson, you know, is will take a sawbuck, will defame Belichick for food. He's got a sign outside the 98.5 and NBC. (laughs) With his dirty shoes, this old board reference, his dirty shoes. Dirty shoes. 
So, yes. you know, this is, I'm infringing on Dan's territory here. Do you think if Ted Johnson, Asante Samuel, Damian Woody, again, that crew, if they were fucking filming games and had the goods on the other team, you don't think any of those, those CTE riddled morons would go to Seth Wickersham for a couple of first six pence, none the richer and try to rat him out. I mean, come on. It's like, it's much to do about nothing for the most part, even though you think the footballs were deflated, Mike. I know that. I know. Yeah. Some guys get it and some guys, some guys get it and some guys don't. I think historically, Brewski, um, you know, Brewski. Brewski is the perfect Patriot, as Bill has said. Yeah, Brewski, McGinnis, you know Matt Chatham, who you 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 talk to, the, those guys get it. They they understand. It. But it, it, you think about every athlete you've ever watched. There's there's a lot of guys that you hear talk when their career is over, and you know you don't want Reggie Miller telling you what's going on. He doesn't know. What oh the dear God! Oh, you know, like he's people awful. like they're just some guys get it and some guys don't. And that's okay. We you know the world needs those kind of guys too but it it, it really is um yeah it, it, there's there's just some he's never gonna get it ted johnson didn't understand you know why they were good and he just he's an asshole you know their assholes are gonna asshole so um we're we're stuck with them but you know i i'm i'm, I'm grateful for the guys that that still get it and still are, are um sticking up for what they what they know to be true edelman's another one yeah jules yeah. My close personal friend, Matt Chatham, by the way, Mike Unruh one. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shaq, I have three words for Asante Samuel. Catch the ball, asshole. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. He's like a fucking troll who, you know, who rolls his head up, you know, one, like one of those, uh, those whack-a-moles that come up every time the Patriots lose. Yeah. He's ready to, he's ready with those Twitter fingers coming up, ready to, to slander Bill Belichick. I mean, if 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 bitter and petty had a baby, it'd be Asante Samuel. He's he's just so unbelievable. It, it's and and he says the exact same things. And the and what the great thing about it is people are starting to wise up. You know, it wasn't the case a couple of years ago, but now that Brady's having a little bit of struggles in Tampa Bay, you know, with the with the yappy yappa and and yeah. you know all that, you know, Antonio Brown going, you know, Kanye and all that stuff. So. With all that happening, it seems like people are starting to get the hint that mm, maybe Brady needed a little bit of reining in. Maybe he needed a little bit of of, of Bill Belichick uh, uh, slapping around. So I think that Asante, I think that, you know, he keeps on wheeling that deal, but I think that people are starting to to ignore it. You know, there are obviously there are still the hangers on that think that. Bill Belichick matters nothing and Tom Brady does everything. And he's the only player that's ever mattered in the 22 year uh, dynasty. But I, 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 th I think as time goes on and look, if Brady's on national television on Thursday, I think that if they have a, a bad loss, I think that that's going to really do some, some damage to not that asshole. Legacy, that asshole's going boy. to Miami next year. I just, I can feel yeah. it in my bones. He's going to play I for think the Dolphins next year. Yeah, I think that's going to be the the uh, the beginning of the swan song in Tampa. Yeah, the Tampa thing is is if you guys watch the game on Sunday, he he kind of did the same thing in 2013, but he didn't trust his receivers in New England. He was throwing the ball at their feet when they weren't open, kind of to demonstrate what's going on. I'm throwing it away. Um, I'm getting I'm, my eyes off the prize is here for a second, John. Um, you know, you're the entitled town teen mom. 
I get it. Um, one thing that's driving me a bit crazy now with the crosshairs on Belichick is that there's the narrative is c- coming anew is that Belichick drove Tommy out of town. He didn't want Tommy tampering. Tommy was conspiring to leave the Patriots after he won a Super Bowl, And then again, the next year, can we please set the record straight? You know, the local podcast and before, he won the, before he won that Super Bowl too, before he won, he was the most, yeah, even before he was the most miserable eight, no quarterback in the history of the league. Do you think tampering Tommy John might be the most miserable three and four quarterback in the history of the NFL now? And I realize I'm setting you up for, for a failure here, but go ahead. Yeah. Much like Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, I'm setting you up for failure. It, it doesn't surprise me that they're struggling. Uh, th- that's a team that, you know, they won the Super Bowl two years ago and they've run it back with the same crew. Uh, they're two years past that now. That's an old team, right? Old teams don't do well in the NFL. So they're just, they're, they've got the natural kind of nicks and bruises and injuries that old teams have. And I think it's going to be a real slog for those guys the rest of the way. But to your point on, will people ever understand that Tamper and Tom, you know, forced his way out? Uh, and it wasn't Bill Belichick, you know, the, the Bill Belichick school of management is as much a part of this Patriot dynasty as Tom Brady's. Well, of great, course. And he right? didn't want to so, give Tommy so, three years. Right. Right. So, so we all, we all know this on this podcast. The folks that listen to this podcast, they all know this, but I'll tell you this. The answer is no, there will always be the, the low information voter in the Patriot fan base who thinks that Brady was forced out by a mean old Belichick. And I'll tell you, the reason I say that is because if Bob Costas still thinks the Patriots filmed the Rams, the, the Rams walkthrough in that first Rams Patriots Super Bowl, then, you know, the fact that that lie has persisted. The Tomasi lie. Right? The, the Tomasi lie. The, the, the Tomasi lie has persisted as long as it has. And that somebody like Bob Costas has never gotten the memo on what really happened. How on earth would random Bobo in Gillette Labs Stadium possibly understand what's really going on with this team? John, thank you for putting that on a tee for me. This is Bob Costas after the Houston Astros won the American League pennant on uh, MLB Network uh, talking about the Astros and the Patriots and spreading the Tomasi lie. This in no way excuses what the Astros did in 2017 and whatever might have surrounded that. They were sanctioned for it. Some people say the sanctions were not stiff enough, but at the very least, their championship in 2017 for many carries a mental asterisk, if not an official asterisk. But those who continue to say that that explains away their success, it's like people who try to put all the Patriots' success and Belichick and Brady under the heading of Deflategate or taping a Rams practice before their first Super Bowl victory. It- Dan, I mean, Clavin shaking. This is right in your wheelhouse. Tomasi never paid a price, similar to Volan. Tomasi never really paid a price. He was promoted after spreading that falsehood. Bob Costas, a low-information voter, spreading that on an MLB network this is why what the media reports the retraction in the uh, apology is never going to get the traction that this sort of spreading of mistruths does and it's infuriating and i know this is again right in your wheelhouse it's it's the desired narrative and you can't no matter how many 
contrary narratives you can uh, put out there to try to uh, rebut that claim, no matter how many times, uh, no, no matter how many articles you, you have out there that will rebut it, it you can't defeat it. And, and of course, it gets conflated over the years with other things. They start mixing and matching. So him bringing up the Spygate, uh, him bringing up the Rams walkthrough tape has become a thing where people forget what the actual initial Spygate story was about. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so over at this point. Agreed. Uh, I don't, I, I really don't want to relitigate uh, the Rams walkthrough and that sort of thing. But I do want to ask Mike on route one, our, our favorite emailer, Vinny Jace sent in an email. We dared to venture into uh, Jim cat lover, Jimmy Stewart's territory a few weeks ago. And Vinny sends us a question, an email regarding wrestling. And I'm really curious to what Mike on route one and John have. He goes, Vinny asks, which one of these things would you, which one of these things you would have happened instead in wrestling history? Well said Vinny. Uh, Shawn Michaels jumps to WCW, not Brett. Randy Savage stays in the WWF after 1994, does programs with Brett, HBK, and Owen. Rest in peace, Owen Hart. Have a more satisfying end to the NWO. He also uses the wrong capitalization NWO. He capitalizes N and O and not W. <laughs> keep Goldberg's streak alive and keep The Rock and Austin in wrestling for the entire 2000s. What change? If you could go back, Mike, on Route 1. How would you change the WC, WCW in the WWF now WWE? Uh, well, the WCW is is hick wrestling uh, taking place at. How dare you? WCW that, Saturday that, night was always places a that must hosted watch. taking place in places that hosted the NCAA Final Four in, in, the, in the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always appreciated WCW Saturday night because it's in like a it was a, a Turner Studio. In like a back room, just oh, off no, no, the no. janitor's closet. Uh, you you got to go further back to Gordon Soley and Tommy Wildfire Rich and and the and the sets that they were doing down in Atlanta. That, that they're giving the, Jim that the they're giving Jim Cornette a tennis racket from 1923 <laughs> to go in front of the camera. The only thing I care about there is 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 uh, Rock and Austin, which is you know, yeah the greatest storyline, the greatest. I mean, I was I was 20 years old at the time. And it was it was it was it was you you couldn't miss it. It was a great. It was the funniest goddamn thing you've ever seen, and it was fucking awesome. It was two guys at the top of their craft, and I you really, know I, really I, I, never, I never watched another another second after after they were gone. It, it was the greatest. Yeah, it really was soap operas for dudes. I I will have to throw a challenge flag on this because when I was living in New England and John was living, uh, John had moved to the West Coast, and I watched Hogan leave. Duh, w Hogan go and join the NWO, which might have been a sadly doesn't speak well for my uh, for my <laughs> life, but it's probably a top twenty moment in my life when Hogan went to the NWO. And I called you. I said you have to break your date. Yeah. You do what you have to do. Just make sure you watch. Uh, make sure you watch W. What do they call it? Nitro Monday Nitro. Yeah, it, it, I I loved that run. I have to admit, not to not to get all cat lover here and turn this into a wrestling <laughs> podcast, but uh, that that shit was a lot of fun. I'll, in honor of Vinny's question, though, I'm going to throw something out that he didn't suggest, and I'll go in the in the wayback machine. I always wish that they would have taken the title off of Hogan. Hogan had it for so long in the '80s, and they had some really great bad guys. Like, I mean, Piper should have had a title run. 
you know, Piper would have been a great champion. Is Piper the second greatest Mike man behind the rock in the history yeah, of wrestling? Yeah. I mean, Piper, Piper, well, Flair's up there too. Right. But, but, um, Piper is a bad guy and rock is a bad guy too. As, as yeah. And Flair is a bad guy. Yeah. Piper was great. Piper was so ahead of his time. And as a, as a bad guy, rest champion, in peace, Jimmy Snuka. Yeah. Oh yeah. ATE I mean, from, from the, the, uh, the coconut. Yeah. The coconut. Yeah. The, the stuff that he's, I mean, you could not say that stuff these days. Right. I mean, he was so outlandish, but Oh my God, he, he should have been champion for a while and there should have been more heat between him and Hogan directly for that belt. Anyway, that's, that, that's a great question, Vinny. Thanks for, for letting me indulge in my old wrestling fandom. And by the way, they live the Roddy Roddy Piper movie was robbed in the Oscar voting that year, just for the record. They, Dan, they live ahead of its time. Unbelievable. Dan, how much do you regret agreeing to do this podcast after <laughs> we we talk about wrestling? No, I'm I'm all for it. I can't I can't run with you guys, but uh I watched my share. Hey, look, 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 let me just say, if these idiots on sports radio get what they want, Patriots are relevance, there's gonna be a lot more fucking wrestling talk on this podcast. <laughs> I will tell you, like, we're gonna, we're gonna find shit to talk about. And, mean and, Gene, me, if, mean Tom Curran. Yeah. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Phil Perry. Yeah, it's like, what, are they, what the hell are they wishing for? We're gonna turn, we're gonna go after Jimmy Stewart's market share. We're going after that. John, do you remember... My favorite gimmick after Hogan left the WWF to go to WCW, the WWF was in tatters and they would do this skit with these two old, you know, oh, bony dudes, the Huckster, the Huckster. and the Nacho the Man. The <laughs> I mean, truly epic stuff. Shaq, I thought you were going you- to say strumming an imaginary belt after you got laid. <laughs> Which something Sorry, we Shaq. may or may not have done in our early 20s, but that's okay. <laughs> Jack, uh, do you have similar regrets as Dan for joining the podcast? Do you want do you want to chime in on Vinny's questions? Uh, well, my wrestling uh, expertise only goes from the late '90s to about 2006, so that's about you know the time when. Well, our uh, pop culture you know, like references rock- have just gotten to yeah. 1975 this week, so. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, you know, that that's probably, I guess, like the Rock Steve Austin time and the you know, Ray Mysterio, Undertaker, all that stuff. So, you know, when SmackDown was on UPN and all that stuff. So uh, I, I can rock with it. But, you know, that that's about all. Did you turn the channel when the Luchadors came on like I did? God, that stuff sucked. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that sucked. That, that, that's just not entertaining at all. Mike on Route One was Goldberg a tryhard, the most tryhard, tryhard, overpromoted wrestler in the history of ever or no? Yeah, he had one trick and it was to run into the ring, and that was it, I think, right? That was it. John is the third greatest Mike man of all time, Scott Hall. Uh, Rest in peace. How many of you here tonight came to see WCW? I I liked him, but I would go, I would go honky tonk man. Oh, you were always a honky talk man. I, lo- I love the honky talk man. My favorite who- guy should have gotten more heat as a as a champion. Mike, <laughs> who is your favorite jobber of all time? Oh, I got this one. Uh, it's 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 a tie between Horowitz and the Brooklyn Brawler. John, love the no, Brooklyn Brawler. Very absolutely. Horowitz. Steve absolutely. Lombardi, right? Steve Lombardi was the Brooklyn Brawler, right? Yes. Steve Lombardi was the Brooklyn Brawler, but Barry Horowitz was Barry Horowitz with his oh, behind the back of the neck shoulder slap. <laughs> Another you have a favorite from childhood. Dan, do you have a favorite jobber? Josh Marion. Dan passes. <laughs> I'll pass. Shaq, <laughs> do you have a favorite jobber? 
I, I, there's a punchline there, but I, I won't say, I, no, I won't say what the no, punchline no, is. No, 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 no. Also, no. It also okay. starts with the first same three letters. <laughs> Shaq, your favorite any, jobber. Any, 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 any car dealerships in, um, uh, that oh, we should be talking Steve, about? Right Steve now? is going to love this pod. Steve's going to be... <laughs> He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna fight. Well, actually, bookmarks. Our, bookmarks. our opinions are gonna be shitty. Our opinions are gonna be shitty. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, they're always shitty. It's like we're yeah. a bunch of shitheads just yeah. shooting the shit on a Zoom call. Shaq, your favorite jobber. Oh yeah, I'll pass on this. <laughs> I'll give you my fa- my two favorite jobbers. Two, Disco Inferno WCW came mm. into the ring as a mm-hmm. Hogan ripoff, but the greatest jobber in the history of jobbers who retired after winning a match at the Boston Garden in 1986. Uh, I know the Duke say. of Dorchester, yes. the great yeah. Pete Doherty, who Wait, was absolutely, there's no doubt that yeah. he went to a bar stool on East uh, West Broadway immediately following that match saying, I just beat JYD. Yeah, I just made 150 bucks. <laughs> Wait, the, you know, the other guy that, I'm, that we're forgetting that I loved was Iron Mike Sharp. Oh God! The the as Gorilla right. Monsoon was always galled by the world's slowest healing forearm injury. Canada's greatest athlete, Iron Mike Sharp. That was actually that was that was a great bit. The Mike Sharp stuff was so good. And they not, they filled so much good airtime. Go not ahead. to belabor this, I, we're, we're really no no. Good. Let's belabor it absolutely. <laughs> but why the fuck when we were kids, like on Saturday morning, superstars are wrestling. Did they only show one good match every week? Like, I get, I get that you have to get people over, heels and faces, but like, there was one good match a week between two good people, and the rest were jobbers against stars. It's fucking bizarre. What a terrible choice. Like, were they just like, like, just doing a bunch of roids and coke and like, ah, run the scrubs out there? Like, that's fucking weird. It, it was really a weird thing. It was they a were driving of, yeah. in rental cars from Atlanta yeah. to like yeah. Banger, Maine. But, that's why. And yeah. they're in their, in their yeah. $10 motels the whole night. And they're probably, well, yes, uh, steroid adult. Go ahead, John. So, so to, to further your point, I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but the first WrestleMania, <laughs> the, the first WrestleMania started with Tito Santana against Mr. X. Excuse me, that's Chico Banana in the words of <laughs> then, Rowdy Roddy and then, Piper. And then King Kong Bundy in a squash match against SD Jones, another great jobber. So... So it's like, yeah, they were so accustomed to stars versus jobbers. It even permeated the first WrestleMania. John, they were trying to promote the fabulous Moolah as a sex symbol. They were not really advanced uh, in the kind of promoting the product. You know, Dan, Dan, please don't hang yourself. Uh, Please. Like, I promise we'll talk more football next week. Mike on Route 1 is at In This Town 1. Shaq. Was this was this a collective final thought on wrestling or what? Do you what do you, do you have a final thought? Do you think you can top this? God. Uh, well, I, I had something a little bit more intellectual. If you want me to go into it, or no, I, no, 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 week? really, I don't. Mike on Route One is at In This Town One. Shaq is Atomic Dog Fifty One Fifty. He's the captain of Entitled Weekend. Come smoothies for everybody after last week's game. John is at That John Irons. Dan is at Patriots Daily. My name is Michael Irons of the rainy Pacific Northwest where it is 52 and sadly drizzling. I please hey, turn off your radios. Stay off your, stay off the pike, tune John out and turn off your radios. <laughs> and we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. You got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Hulk Hogan!
sir, is he on? What are you talking about? Yes, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrived! Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. What is oh he doing? Oh, my God! Is he the third man? He's the third man! What oh. the hell is going on here? Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW! He is the third man! Look at this picture! Oh, my God! What the hell is going on? Oh, my God! Are you kidding me? I, probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Unbelievable, brother.